It's the bogus summer of pilots. Hey, hey, hey there, bogus listeners. It's your boy, B-Boy, Bogus Bryce. The Forever Bogus podcast is currently on their summer hiatus. However, it's the Summer Pilots! And boy, do we have a fun pilot episode lined up for you this week. A few years ago, my buddy Y2K Bug asked me to start a podcast with him entitled Game On. This essentially would be a show where we'd focus on the ever-growing esports and video gaming community. I actually thought this would be a perfect opportunity to learn more about the current gaming culture that, even though I was an outsider, really interests me. This podcast would definitely focus on current events, but it wasn't totally out of the realm of the bogus umbrella. That's because the first two episodes, Y2K Bug and I discussed the history of esports, the long-running stereotypes of video gamers, and we shared a lot of fun childhood memories. You can definitely tell that we were really picking up the momentum during the second episode, and the content just continued to get better and better. But unfortunately, because of scheduling conflicts, we were unable to keep the podcast going. So that means that no one got to hear the episodes that Y2K Bug and I recorded. That all changes today. That changes right now, because here is an exclusive look into the pilot episode of Game On. Game on! Game on! Game on. Y2K Bug, I am very excited to get this podcast started with you. You are going to bring me so much insight about the current video game culture that I am so unfamiliar with. (laughs) Well, you know, don't cut yourself short on that. A lot of people are sort of misled and misplaced in terms of information when it comes to esports. Really, that's because we have, you know, those AKA journalists that like to be out there that, (laughs) you know don't always report things or right or don't know. report them properly i guess right right everybody's looking for click clickbait everybody's looking for the next you know rising atmosphere and, and superstar so hey well we are in the clickbait generation so very totally understand that <laughs> very true in the world of facebook and twitter you have clickbait <laughs> that's right and with that unfortunately comes a bunch of stereotypes and i i don't know man like when I think of gamers, a lot of stereotypes come to mind, unfortunately. You, right. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you're talking about, like, the pro gamer that's, like, 400 pounds. Yes, that never leaves his his parents' basement, I'm assuming. Yeah. And has, like, carpal tunnel hands. Yeah. And both of them, and his ankles for some reason. Yes. If you yes. could think of, like, the perfect show that helps sort of dictate this, you'd probably think of, like, South Park, right? Oh, no, that's perfect. I was actually, that's the first thing that came to mind. Right, right, right. So that obviously that's that's a really popular stereotype that's out there with, with inside you know just gaming culture in and of itself, right? Yes, yes. Uh, the majority of people think, hey, if you're really into gaming, you're really into this, you must never see the sunlight of day. You must never <laughs> go outside, basically. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, you know, there while there are certain people who definitely live up to that stereotype, uh, there are a lot of people within other industries that also live up to the same stereotype and aren't gamers and have never touched a video game in their life. Really now? Yeah, it's 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 really strange. Uh, especially so with inside the professional esports ecosystem in space. 
uh, we actually start to see a lot of teams who are creating houses for the players to go and live in. And if you've never been in like a gaming house environment, no. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's it's really it's really like a strange environment for people to sort of exist in because you've got these uh, oftentimes teenage kids living together under one roof. It's it's kind of like a college dorm situation, but oh god, yeah, almost like hyper intensified. Why is that? So it. At least for right now, the how how it works out in the industry in the space, if you have uh, players at a high enough professional level, putting them together in a team house helps them to basically cohesively play together and start learning together as a team. Okay. So it's almost like it's almost like you're boot camping. Like think of a traditional sport like soccer or, or hockey or something yes. like that. You know, the yeah, team, you go to their summer camp or whatever. Right. Yeah. And, or yeah. or the team goes away on a retreat or something like that, and that's kind of the similar thing. Okay. The the cool part though. Is that with inside these gaming houses, though, you actually have nutritionists. <laughs> like on board? Like yeah. they stay there? Yeah, yeah. They, they stay there. Uh, you ha- Sometimes in the you know really swanky ones, you get chefs. Wow. Yeah. So they are, you know, to go back to that stereotype that we were talking about a little bit ago, mm-hmm. they, these kids, these gamers who are, you know, competing at world-class level and earning, you know, upwards of six-digit six salaries holy shit yeah can have the option to have a nutritionist in on like on board like waiting and ready to help them sort of guide their diet and how they should be eating so it's not just a chef it's like a nutritionist who actually sits down and be like okay you are malnourished in this aspect or whatever so we need to add more protein or or whatever to your diet to keep you healthy right 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 or So so it's almost like an athletic like nutritionalist <laughs> yeah think of think of like a personal trainer in that aspect right there you so, go yes that's the word i was looking for yes. right so you're you have you have somebody that's basically coexisting with you in, in a space who's able to help you and sort of you know mold your eating habits in that shape and form and to to be honest it's way better than living in a college dorm <laughs> yeah <laughs> right a thousand times better i mean the freshman 13 or freshman 30 rather is so true. Yeah. So very true. So yeah, it is so much better than living in a damn dorm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I never got that experience because I never got to live on campus. But okay. um, I was, you know, always out, you know, working and and doing things uh, on my own. Um, so that that one stereotype in and of itself houses a lot of issues with inside the esports space because we want to do a lot to sort of to you know have a disconnect there sure another uh big issue or at least a big stereotype that i at least come running into all the time uh is a basically a basically personality issue with a lot of the players like an anti-social kind of yeah yeah i was actually going to bring that up and it's interesting that you say that there's like these houses so they're kind of like thrown in together to kind of socialize and kind of learn from one another and kind of learn about the world that's around them right right but on the on the flip side to that you also have these players who are, who are in this space and sometimes they don't even want to be in this space. Huh. So in addition in addition to the coaching staff that they have that, that's there, helping these players both improve their performance and improve their game, in addition to the chefs that are sometimes on-premises or the nutritionists that are on-premises uh, helping with these players, you also have lifestyle coaches. Wait a second. I, I just want to back, the, back this up just a little bit. Backing up, backing up. Who is funding this whole project? Like Who's funding their... Their house, like their board and housing and all of this. The organization that's taking them in. So okay. your high level, high competitive organizations that are out there, you know, there's only there's only so many of them that are out there that are able to do something like this. Uh, they would be taking in 
those players and putting them into this eco space and, 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 you know, atmosphere to help them grow, not only as individuals, but as players. Huh? So they're, they're growing as like a team is pretty much what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Like what's the youngest age that, of, of any, I guess, participant or team member that they can get on. So, I mean, it, it, there's like a basic bar that you're really going to have to cross. Okay. Uh, so you've got it. You've got to reach the, at least that 16, you know, threshold okay. hold bar, obviously. <laughs> but okay. at, at that point, you obviously still need uh, parent permission to do a lot of these, these things. So some leagues even require the step further to be 18. Okay. Uh, I'd have to probably do a little more research to be more definitive on one side or the mm-hmm. other. So I can't give you that hard line answer. Okay. Uh, I know personally when I was doing it for teams, uh, 18 was my minimum, but again, I was doing it for, you know, lower level of teams, not as highly competitive teams. Mm, I see. I mean, it all makes sense. 18, you're able, you're considered an adult. You're going to actually make the, your own decisions and sign on a dotted line on your, by yourself without a, you know, right. a guardian. Right. But, uh, so that, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and at that point as well, as soon as you hit 18, most of, most of you have graduated from high school. Right. Exactly. So now it's a fact of like, Hey, I'm going to put college on hold, or I'm going to put some other aspect of my education on hold, which, you know, if we want to talk about how much of a joke I think college is at this point, <laughs> we certainly can. <laughs> that's, that's another podcast, my buddy. <clears throat> that's, yeah. A whole other topic in and of itself. Yes. Um, <laughs> but a lot of these kids will, will do things like that, which is, you know, put their careers on hold or put their academic careers, so to speak, on hold for a little while. Um, mm-hmm. which is which is absolutely crazy. Uh, that's yeah. something that I do want to talk about a little bit later on. Okay. In terms of like academia and what academia is doing with esports as well, because I think that that's like a huge, cool amalgamation of things that are happening, which is awesome. I am very interested in that topic, and I definitely want to touch base on that. So I, I have I have so many questions. Go for, for it, you because this is this is all brand new to me. Like I had no idea that there's like this video gaming frat house. Like that, that's completely new to me. And like, okay, so if they are 16, say that they're 16, sure. they're, they're this BA gamer who can, can do so much for their team, not only their team, but for whatever company that has signed them on for. Sure. Um, and they haven't graduated high school yet. Right. Do, do they receive some sort of like assistance to be able to get like their GED or like they cut their classes short so they can graduate early or something of that nature? I mean, that's 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 all up to the parents and the individual person's decision. Right. OK. So you've had some players who have dropped out of school. You, mm-hmm. I mean, just plain out. They're like, OK, this is school is obviously not for me. This is taking off. And when somebody's offering you a check worth sixty thousand dollars to play a video game for a year. You're like, uh, where's the thought process, man? <laughs> yeah. Right? You're, you're right. like, I'm automatically right. going to take It's a no-brainer. That. Right. Yes, absolutely. So, it, it, yeah, it just falls back down to that individual. And instead of instead of viewing them more as like frat house-like, um, while while they are, you know, a bunch of teens underneath one roof, there's a ton of supervision that are, that's there, right? So that's like okay. the coaches okay. that are there, the life coaches that are there, uh, the support staff that's around them. Their game managers, uh, even the manager of the organization, can sometimes pop by. Uh, so it's just it's it's almost like a day at the office, but they're really enjoying their office. And- I see. So really, there's just constant supervision. Yeah. And and in, in my head, it was like 
me as 12 years old at an overnight land party <laughs> with no parent supervision, uh, a, a refrigerator stacked full of Code Red and all the Doritos we can think of. Like, just a nonstop right. party. Right. But and this seems like it has a lot more structure. Exactly. So that's that's often what we would do, right? Yeah. Both you know, yourself and myself, especially as gamers, <laughs> you know, early on. Yes. Uh, yes. That's definitely something that we would do, just hands okay. down. Like, I would have no issue and oftentimes can remember in the back of my head, yeah, uh, I had a I had a lovely gaming session with a couple of my buddies that lasted a couple of days, and you know, we we skipped some stuff and we we drank some some stuff. So some stuff. <laughs> that was. Uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm sure I'm sure if there if there are gamers are out there that are listening, they're like, oh yeah, that was definitely they can relate to that. Yep, yes. That, I, whew, yeah. That was fun, and you know, pick your poison in terms of whatever your game was. Uh, when sure. It, when it came to like competitive games and playing competitively, mine was Halo. So Halo. Oh yeah, we had many of late nights with Halo, but I think the biggest thing for me was like Diablo two or Starcraft. Oh like, yeah. Love and we would D2 spend days. days upon days, just like, hey, it's summer break. I ain't got no job. Yeah. And your parents just gave us a whole bunch of money for pizza and Mountain Dew. So we're set for a long, <laughs> long time. Right. Uh, and it's it's funny it's funny you say that because uh, I've met some people on StarCraft who I'm friends with till this day. And Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> we met we met in StarCraft Brood War. Wow. Like, we're talking – yeah, way back in the like a long I, time ago, <laughs> I burned through I burned through two two you know hard disk copies <laughs> of Starcraft Brood War. I remember when it was you know like twenty bucks to buy all three CDs or all two CDs, yes. or, you know whatever. Uh, and I burned through those suckers uh, so quickly. So, wow. yep, that is insane. Yep. Oh my goodness! So so many hours spent on that game. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and so one of the one of the biggest stereotypes that I think we should also touch lightly on too is uh, who who is really sort of capitalizing on the the video game you know leaderboards now like like yes yes. So like you have a uh, I'm I'm sure if you are getting absolutely pwned in a game, two things are going through your mind: either a they're a hacker or b they're Asian. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, right? that is a stereotype. Yes, that's yes. that's that's just like that's flooding through your head. You're like, oh my god, he got me with another headshot. He's us- either using an aimbot or he's he, he's an Asian of some kind, <laughs> right? Like that's you, you got to find a good excuse to reason why you suck, right? So, I mean, you that makes can't sense. You, yes. you can't blame it on the fact that you're not good because <laughs> of course not. Why that? Why would you ever look introvertently on something when you can be an extrovert about everything? Yeah, why would you like, victim right, blame exactly? Don't do that. <laughs> so that's definitely something that I, I I love addressing as well because while the how to how to phrase it so I know especially in Seoul South Korea uh, they have a completely different dynamic when it comes to gaming and gaming culture they sort of set up their entire infrastructure to catapult on gaming whether they realize it or not huh. um, interesting yeah so what do you mean by that so they set up uh, basically they set up uh, like their networks and their internals for internet are 
at a faster pace than ours. So okay. think of our ping and how it travels across the country, right? So yeah. ping in, in general is like, hey, here's the signal. We're bouncing off of it and it's coming back and it takes milliseconds to sort of travel through this space and time to get to us. Uh -huh. um, they built their infrastructure and the South Korean leadership that was over there built their infrastructure for an internet of tomorrow type deal, right? So they, they set up their networks to allow for a quicker, faster, more dynamic experience in terms of internet gotcha. and connectivity. They also, out of this culture, created PC bongs, which are these uh, basically like, think, think about going to a Starbucks, right? But instead of okay. the service that's being provided, that's coffee, you sit down in a computer and play video games. Oh, I see. So it's kind of like a internet cafe. Right, right. In a way. So okay. when computers and stuff like that aren't readily available in everyday households you go to a pc bong and and see I, I see some of those here in the u.s but they're a lot more popular there correct because over here we can afford those types of things we're we're affording okay. our you know our thousand dollar pcs that we're building sorry guys yes you know it's <laughs> it's never it's never been a um it's never been a little known fact that north america's got a lot of money uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> that's that's just kind of how it is. However, the the culture that is over there um, is is really different. And I don't know if you've ever traveled abroad. Uh, I know I've, I have not. Oh, see, it's it's really it's really awesome. Um, I get to travel abroad not for work but just for leisure. And wow, yeah. And I I've had friends who have lived in this who have been able to sort of like put me into their shoes. Uh, while they're there, and they're saying the culture over here is just completely different. When they dedicate themselves to something, like they go full tilt. Yeah, a whole ass in. Not, they don't half ass there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You're you're gotcha. completely dedicated to what you're doing, and you're trying to hone your craft as best as you possibly can. Okay. Uh, and so that basically is a ride or die mentality, right? Yeah. Seriously. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. You're 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 in it to win it, and if you're not winning it then what are you doing? Yeah, they're not doing it at all. Right. <laughs> yes. That's basically it. Uh, so while they have a lot of competitors that are over there and, and a lot of top teams and a lot of top players do come out of either uh, Korea, China, uh, or anywhere in this um, you know South Asian Pacific region, mm -hmm. right? Pacific, yeah, it's Pacific. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> any of them uh, that, that come out of that region are typically people who have sat down and dedicated themselves hardcore. Uh, that's not to say that we haven't had North American talent or European talent that has been rivaled, but nothing mm -hmm. in terms of, of class of player. Okay. So it, while the stereotypes out there that every good player is Asian, it's not really true. You've got, it's a diverse field, Okay. but it definitely has like a super elite pact where you could argue that that stereotype is true, but I don't think it is at all. I gotcha. I think another stereotype that we should definitely touch on too is that all gamers are solely males. Like they're all fellas, <laughs> and there's there's no females in this in this realm of like esports or even video games in general. Right. So I mean, <clears throat> even in the even in the realm of like traditional sports, so we take that as an example. We really kind of all guys are like, yeah, it's a male dominated thing, and then you know you've got you know so and so over here. Uh, female who's doing and beating you in every sport that you possibly can. That's uh, yes. that's that's another like chauvinistic line of thought, right? Absolutely. Yes. And it it kind of goes the same 
with gamers and while there are plenty of of women in gaming mm-hmm. there there could always be more right Okay. But the stereotype is is that they don't exist at all. Yes, exactly. Yeah, when in reality there are plenty of of female gamers out there doing their thing, competing and competing at high levels. Um <clears throat> one of the things that kind of really ticks me off uh is that they also had like some of them especially in like uh I think in Counter-Strike. So I mm-hmm. again, don't hold me to my word on this one, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure in Counter-Strike there's a, a separate league for women oh, wow. and like for women competition. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't, I don't, I don't jive with that. If you're a gamer, you're a gamer. We know really no gender specific. I, I totally agree with that. It should not be gender specific. And one of the things that uh, like, I actually really liked that I saw uh, in terms of like, if you want, we want to talk like game specific with overwatch, uh, Overwatch um, has been one of those games where they're consistently like, no, like if you're a really good player, like we're gonna we're gonna put you on a team like there's no there's no question about that so when yeah. the first like overwatch world cup aka like like came into being and kind of happened there were mm-hmm. there were plenty of female players that were scattered on plenty of the teams that are out there and uh even in the overwatch league right now it, a, the shanghai dragons have a female tank so oh. like it, i'm really i'm really i'm always really happy when i get to see stuff like that happen in, in a any in any game but yeah. i'm especially happy to see it happen in the video gaming industry because you know it's it is such a it's such a male dominated place to be uh-huh. but like that's never that's never a good sign yeah right it's, it's oh just, yeah, I, I totally agree. And like every every single aspect of, of the video game world, like even when I think of like uh, designers or coders and stuff like that, I think of them being male, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I would say that's an in, that's an internal process you got to switch up there because uh, <laughs> yes. a lot of even yes. <laughs> even a lot of the designers that we have over at Eastern Media are all so far all of our directors of design have all been female. Yeah. I, and I've noticed that too. And it's really opening up my eyes being like, oh, well, duh, of course. Yeah. Why shouldn't there be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And that's, that's something that, you know, hopefully over time, that's an evolutionary thing that we can just push past because it, it does, it does cause a lot of issues and something that I don't think should really exist, but Hey, it's, it's it all, does. yeah. Unfortunately. It, and, it's it's a shitty situation that I wish wouldn't happen. And oh yeah, I, I totally agree. Well, we'll figure it out. Us us marginalized gamers <laughs> push past it in some way. Yes, and I think another stereotype that I think people have is that if you're a gamer, that's all you do. Like you're you're kind of a shut in. You don't have a, an actual job, or if you do, it's like flipping burgers or something. <laughs> right, 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 right. So right? yeah, that's that's a that's a personal one that I've gone with you know for for a very long time because i've been i mean i have always associated myself as a gamer and have always been into games quite hardcore i've never competed at a high level of game because i've never i just never had the time and i was always you know not able to fortunately Mm -hmm. but uh i mean going out and you know talking to fellow gamers i like i have made so many friends with people that i sit down and i'm like so what's your day job and they, they're like owner of uh, like a cigar shop or they're like owner of a restaurant or they're, you know, like they're, they're out there. A lot of them that I've found have been entrepreneurs and have been 
doing things yeah. themselves. Successful. Yeah. Yes. And like they're successful people and this is, you know, one of the other areas and avenues that they want to be successful in. Mm-hmm. So that and you know, to even to even further that point too, we were talking earlier about um, you know, basically the four hundred pound stereotype that's that's out there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I definitely consider myself a gamer. I have, I've never competed in a video game tournament of any kind, but I've, Mm -hmm. I've definitely sponsored teams and helped teams and traveled with teams to, you know, Austin, Texas, LA, uh, Burbank to compete in some high level tournaments. And Mm -hmm. like I myself have competed in soccer and martial arts. So I've also, you know, I, I love hiking. I'll go out all the time and you know find a random place to go and go out and hike and so that, that that's just another one of those things that i think has been built up just because you know we are dedicated and really love something and really really enjoy it but you know people are afraid of what they don't know exactly so pretty much what you're saying is that gamers aren't just subjected to gaming they can also be athletic in their own right they can also enjoy physical activity, right? And and it may not even be a uh, gaming may not even be a priority for, for their for their daily lives, yes. right? And it, it, oftentimes it's a way for a lot of people to relieve stress, yes. Uh, but you know that's the general gaming umbrella that's there. Mm-hmm. So I think within within inside you know the esports ecosystem that we have up have set up, those are like your diehard enthusiast fans, right? Okay, yeah. Those are the people who are like. They'll they'll go to events. They'll you know they'll drop money on jerseys and stuff like that. They eat, sleep, and breathe that. Right. They eat, sleep, and breathe the gaming atmosphere. Obviously, they still have intentions outside of that atmosphere, and they they obviously have interests outside of that atmosphere. Just like you have a like a someone who's a diehard Eagles fan. Just because they're a diehard Eagles fan, right, doesn't mean that they're going to drop everything that they're doing and spend every hour of every day watching videos of the Eagles play. Sure. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, again, it's just one of those stereotypes that I think is is out there that is, you know, unfortunately there. <laughs> it doesn't need to be. Yeah, absolutely. And this stereotype, I kind of want to lean into a, a further discussion for the remainder of the show. But there's a stereotype that comes from, like, my parents' generation. Mm-hmm. Saying that uh, that video games are worth of time, it's just a fad. Oh, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That goes along. That's that's one of my favorite ones. So uh, that the video games are a waste of time. Uh-huh. You know, you'll, you'll never amount to anything if you keep playing that damn video game. Or um, exactly, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, or my my second favorite one is oh, video game brings out violence in everyone. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Yes. Right. So. The, those are those are the two that uh, I always think are are really really very funny to talk about, uh, especially because if if we're you know calling a chicken a chicken at this point, <laughs> so, uh, uh, the I have I have a degree I have a degree in history, so yay woohoo I've got nothing to do with it. Um, <laughs> exactly exactly. So the only use that I've ever been able to actually get out of that degree that I so lovingly gave over you know, so much of my time, energy, and a lot of money for, uh, has only actually been with inside the esports space, because with a history degree, I'm writing, uh, I'm able to write, you know, analytically and showing my ch- the change over time that the industry itself has gone through. Yeah. Nowhere else am I using that degree to its utilization. <laughs> hey, that's okay. I it have... brought you here, right? It, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I have, I have a job that basically anybody could get if they were smart enough you know, uh, and by smart enough, I mean being able to walk into a door. Um, <laughs> like walk into a door or walk through a door? 
Uh, into a door. <laughs> okay. not, not just through. Into. Okay. Into. Okay. Uh, so, so uh, you know, I've got, a, I've got a very grounded-based job in that aspect. Uh, but, you know, I take it I take it a step further and I'm able to do things like uh, the stuff that I do with Eastern Media, the stuff that I do with uh, different esports organizations sort of behind the scenes mm-hmm. and, you know, help that sort of evolve, which is which is really cool. But uh, that's the only the only use that I get out of that degree is when I write and yeah. I currently write for esports industry. So it's mm. like, haha, mom, I actually should have stayed on. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> I told you when I wasn't going to go to bed that I was going to be gaming, right? Okay. <laughs> In a minute. Yeah. In a minute. And two hour tour. Okay. Um, so, so yeah. That, and uh, the other one that I really like to talk, to talk about and bring up is um, the video game brings out violence in people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this is sort of an age-old discussion, and we can thank GTA for for bringing that up. And if you don't know what GTA is, go look it up. <laughs> please. Be, please. Put this on pause please. and just go Google yeah, that, please. Just, so uh, GTA sort of brought up all of, and it like I don't know why this was the specific game that people really like to focus on because it really wasn't like sure it was like people on people violence right mm-hmm. but if you think about Halo if you think about Diablo. Like yeah, it's nothing new. It's nothing new, and it's by far and large something that's kind of like pushed off to the side. Like especially at least at least in gaming, in terms of violence. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, sure, you're going out and you know you're you're driving your car and you're getting out of your car and you're taking your hoe with you and beating her with a with a pole, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in in Halo, like I'm going through, I'm shoving a grenade so far behind an, uh, a hunter mm-hmm. that. Uh, hey, it's up his, you know, it's it's up his ass over there. Uh, just, he's just gonna sit on it and it's gonna explode and it's gonna be really funny. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just because that's in that's a, a humanoid type monster that you're fighting, yes, right? Yes. Versus an actual person. Now mm-hmm. it's it's this. There's our separation. Yeah, right now it's personal. It's, now it feels too realistic. Right, right. And it, and if you want to go through and you know call a chicken a chicken, okay, we're now we're all talking about death and violence in video games. Why is going over and taking a pipe and beating my hoe with it an issue if I'm over in this land shoving a grenade up someone's ass? It, yeah, it, it's kind of it creates that false equivalence at least at least in, in it's like a double standard. My, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it's like, wh- huh? What? Where'd that come from? <laughs> uh, anyway, back on track. So, <laughs> so you have this you have this culture that sort of looked at video games scientifically, and they picked GTA out of out of everything. And yeah. I I can't remember which specific title that they picked. Three, I, I think picked, it was. Yeah, they picked three, and and Rockstar, who's the producer of uh, GTA, mm-hmm. sort of really kind of like threw their hands up in the air, like, really, guys, like, come on. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, and not only on, that, GTA has been out since like the late nineties. Like, it's yeah. they, actually before that. I think it was the mid nineties when they came out on uh, PS One. Like, it's been out yeah. for a long time, and now they're finally taking a look at that. Well, I mean, they took a look at it in the nineties as well. Uh, okay. They took a look at it in the nine. They did. They did four separate studies over like five years, I think. Okay. And or over like ten years, something like that. But it was a crazy amount of studies that they did for for just this like one topic. Like uh, I get it, I understand. Uh, but 
every single time that this topic had come to rise, the uh, the, the obvious scapegoat, scapegoat was always GTA. Yeah. And time and time and time again, there was quite literally no linkable scientific, scientific evidence to show that one encouraged the other. Yeah. If anything, I mean, I'm a proponent of people going into playing video games and, you know, bashing a you know, whatever character into a wall, if it helps relieve some tension for the day. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's an outlet, yes, right? Like yes. you would go like as a, as a fighter, if I go into my boxing gym and I start punching out a couple of bags, and I'm going a little aggressively hard. Yeah, sure. My boxing coach is going to come down and be like, Hey, rough day. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool. Come and hit a couple of bags. You know, we'll show a couple of things and it relieves tension. Yeah. Right. And playing GTA is the equivalent of, of that. Exactly. Yeah. Exa- that's like, that's your punching bag. It doesn't, not harming anybody no so it's 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 always a really interesting dynamic when when people like to bring that up and you know it happened actually just recently uh, um uh it was in the overwatch league uh philadelphia one of the philadelphia F- fusion players teabagged another player and if you don't know what teabagging mm-hmm. is again go I'm sorry google it. actually i don't know if you <laughs> want to google that one you may come don't up with something google different it. <laughs> yes um uh, don't google that one uh, just, it's, uh, just, yeah, just, you'll have to go with it. Ask your kid. There you go. That's it. Uh, so, basically a Philadelphia Fusion player came along and teabagged a Florida Mayhem player, I believe it was. Okay. It was either Florida Mayhem or a Shanghai Dragon player. I can't, I can't really remember. Disrespecting um, them. Disrespecting them in, in that, in that fashion, right? Uh-huh. And the viewing community was up in arms. Really? Like, yeah, like they like they were like the players should get fined, the Philadelphia Fusion should get fined, wow. blah blah blah. And I'm like, I'm like, are these these people don't play video games often, do they? Like that's <laughs> is this? It's ESPN. This is, like they're one of their anchors yeah. is like, okay, you can't do basketball anymore. You have to go do esports. Right. Like, ah, all right. And, so there was nothing about it. Right. And so this is this is a culture that's been so far bred into the gaming aspect that blizzard pokes fun at it because there's an actual spray in the game that is a little teacup and over top of the teacup is a tea bag on a string yep. and above that in text it says tea time <laughs> so this is a spray that exists with inside the game i love that <laughs> right and the people were up in arms like we've never seen this type of disrespect ever in a game really? wow Really? You, you must not have been a very, very, you know, faithful viewer here. No. Oh, this was this was even uh, a greater example, too, when we want to talk about real, like, gaming to real world, like, equivalents that, that gets shown this uh, most recent World Cup, right, where we had player celebrations galore go through. Uh-huh. You actually had a lot of those players doing Fortnite celebrations. <laughs> like, what? What did that consist of? Uh, like one of them was the was the loser dance where you basically stay you have the L on your forehead and you start doing like a do si do type thing. You're, wow. you're jamming your fist towards the bottom and you're, you're kicking legs out. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and a, one of the particular players that did this was doing this to the opposite team's fan base that they could see by and large right in front of them. <laughs> I'll do you one better too. Okay, okay. Even after all of that happened, right? Uh-huh. EA Sports, uh, producer for uh, FIFA is talking about incorporating those things into their FIFA games. Wait, so you're talking about like these taunts and stuff? They want to incorporate that? Yeah. Oh, wow. So they're, they're trying to make it as realistic as possible, I guess, because that happens on the field. Right. EA has always been a very big proponent of like, you know, EA, it's in a game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's in the game, it's 
in the game. <laughs> I, I, that's a literal translation there. Yes. Right? <laughs> so uh, they're doing this, and now they're actually trying to input some of this in there. Whether or not it's going to happen, you know, we'll, you know, that'll, that'll be a different story. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they're even talking about including it yeah. just goes to show you it's like that's that's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Right? That is crazy. But, you know, again, it's it just shows you that level of stereotype that's out there that, hey, you know, this is something that's bred into gaming culture and gaming culture has now sort of moved itself uh, further and further away from its specified um, stereotypes into more of a mainstream culture. Yeah. And I'm and seeing not... it more and more and more too. Like, right. even when I walk into like random stores, I'll see them advertising some sort of game, either from like Minecraft to Overwatch to to whatever. Yeah, like it's so ingrained in our modern culture that you you can't not see it. You know exactly. And the fun part was is that I went to uh, like a an engagement party over the weekend where the kids were doing Fortnite dances on the dance floor. <laughs> That's now, awesome. I'm not a big Fortnite player, uh-huh. but I can still recognize the dances sure, when they come through. Sure, yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. Like you, uh, you know exactly what that's from because it's around yeah. you. Yeah, you can't you can't unsee it, especially if you're a gamer. You just exactly. you can't unsee those things. Yes, you're absolutely right. By and large, with all the stereotypes that we covered, there are only a couple of them that we really, really, really touched on and sort of exacerbated. You know, the the greater, grander scale that's out there. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing that I that I really like to talk about, especially with my gamers and the people who I speak with on a day to day, is uh, you know we're getting we're getting much bigger as a like collective and a you know a people, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so there's more present knowledge in terms of what we are today versus what we have already become. Sure. And these stereotypes are things that I think we really need to start shedding. And as soon as we sort of get rid of those stereotypes, that opens us up to greater things because the gaming industry itself and gamers by and large have been marginalized forever with these stereotypes because that's who we are, right? Mm-hmm. So you think of a stereotypical gamer as those glasses, high-waisted pants, and a white t-shirt with a black tie. If you think Revenge of the nerds, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's finger on the nose, like right there, like, got him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... You know, not only do we have to face those stereotypes that are out there in the real world, uh, and we're marginalized for it as gamers, so we're sort of put on these on the fringe already. Mm-hmm. But with inside our own ecosystem, you know, we have people who try to marginalize us even further with inside the space and with you know inside the the gaming atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And so we further we push ourselves further and further and further to seclusion. Yes, which is you know one of the one of the worst things you could possibly do for just people already. I yeah, mean, hell, absolutely. if you want to, if you want to believe the stereotypes, I'm already 400 pounds sitting inside all day, staring at a screen. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't need you coming at me with, I suck at the game I'm playing. Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. It must be Asian. Uh, my, exactly, <laughs> no. exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's those things that I think that, you know, hopefully within the next, you know, within the next couple of years, these are real issues that we can start, like actually tearing down walls on and as it becomes more and more mainstream i I really hope that these are things that start to actually go away i believe it is i think we're already starting to head in that direction and i think one big component in pushing that is twitch because not only are we able to interact with one, one another but we're building a community and you're able to show your own face you're able to interact and actually have a personality with these people breaking down those stereotypes. Sure. And even like 
I could talk to uh, a lot of the parents that I work with at my job and like they're seeing their kids being exposed to it, which in turn will expose them and and in a way will be changing their minds, I'd I'd imagine. And it being completely uh, thrown in our face uh, almost everywhere we look, like I said before, even walking into a store, I see so much being advertised and there's no actual video games being sold there. Right. And so, so I think we are heading in that direction. And maybe the next, like, would you say five years, you think? Uh, yeah, three to five. Yeah. That's where I would go with. Yeah. Twitch is also a, a dangerous topic that I, I would I would totally love to cover. Okay. So while I, while I agree with you that uh, a social platform like Twitch mm-hmm. and, you know, somebody like Ninja who's doing great work. Yeah. Uh, and, is, and is able to be a very, very positive role model. Uh, it's, it's a double-edged sword. I think you said it best. It's a double-edged sword in, in the aspect of there can be some real harm out there that can be done. Yes. But when I see Twitch, I always just think of positive things. Like I think of like, sure. like wow, there's an actual outlet that those who who may actually kind of live up to some of the stereotypes, those who are shut-ins, who are like an antisocial kind of personality and, and don't want to be around people, here's a platform right. where they can find their people. That's true. And, and we could definitely talk about this on, on another episode. I'm sure, I'm sure we will jump into it. But, but I, I agree. It, it is a double-edged sword. But you got to look at the good. I think, I think there's a little more good yeah. than there is bad right now. Yeah, and I think you definitely have a case for that. Uh, <clears throat> I definitely think you have you know, instances of that cropping up more frequently than mm-hmm. you have uh, people who are obviously distasteful. But yeah, yeah, definitely something else we can get into. All right. That kind of wraps up our first episode. Yeah. So next time we'll be taking a look, a brief look at the history of esports, sort of where it's come from uh, and where it's going, at least where we could think it's going in our tiny little brains. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, nobody can can predict the future on that. But uh, hopefully, given given everyone out there a little bit more in-depth look at sort of where video games have come from, uh, what iterations and changes they've gone through, because... A uh, little spoiler alert, they've been around since the 70s, late 70s. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the, the one of the first uh, eSport competitions basically happened uh 76. So, wow. yeah, you've got a, a rich history there that a lot of people don't really understand or know about, mm-hmm. uh, but it's something that I'm, I'm deeply entertained by, and I, I, I certainly love looking up and seeing the different stuff that's happened to eSports and gaming and gaming culture over that time. Uh, so next episode we'll we'll focus a lot on that history of esports and gaming and see where that's going. Maybe we can uh, do maybe a two part of that because I, I think that is something that we should definitely be uh, pretty detailed about. Sure. I, I personally want to know every little detail about you know the, the beginning into now and then predicting because if, and beyond. Yes, and beyond exactly. <laughs> So that uh, that wraps us wraps it up for uh, all of us here. Hopefully, everyone enjoys the rest of their night. Once again, my name is John, aka Y2K Bug, and I am Bryce, aka Brio. Thanks for tuning in and game on. Game on! Thanks for listening to the Bogus Summer of Pilots. Tune in next week for more summer surprises. Stay bogus.